Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to everybody, wherever you are in the world. Thank you so very much, and welcome. Welcome to the first INE Live of 2022, and a very, very happy new year to all of you. Hopefully, I'm pretty sure I'm not the first person to tell you happy new year, but hopefully I'm the first person from INE to tell you happy new year. And so, thank you so very much for being here today. This is Tech Tuesday here at, Tech Tuesday here at INE, and we're kicking off 2022 in style as usual, uh, bringing the hype train as always. Um, got uh, myself um, uh, here as well, and I'll talk about my co-host here in a little bit, uh, Jack Reedy, to talk about our personal and professional goals here for 2022, and some advice on how you can achieve yours. And as always, we will be answering your questions as well, which is why we encourage you to drop them into chat. Make sure you hit that, put that little cue in front of it, that way our, uh, our moderators and everybody can um, can get those questions. I do want to thank everybody from the INE staff who is moderating today uh, for their dedication and, and do appreciate them doing that. First and foremost, as we do with each and every stream here on INE Live, I do want to let you know that we are streaming live across all the social media platforms right now. Well, maybe not all of them, but most of them, LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Do make sure that you do like and subscribe on the social media platform that you're using so that you can stay in touch when you go live. As well, you'll see uh, the social media handles of myself and my guests as well, so you can stay in touch with us uh, via those social media handles as well. Um, we do want you to get involved. Do talk to us. Do talk to others. We love to see that, whether that's here on INE Live, whether it's on social media. We love your engagement. Um, uh, we'll get to as many as the, of the comments and questions as we can in chat today. With that, my name is Neil Bridges. I am the Chief Content Officer here at INE. I've been working with INE for a couple of years now. Um, former NSA hacker, as well as one of the nation's top cybersecurity experts, or at least that's what my PR person wants me to tell you. Um, along with us today, uh, join my good buddy, my good pal, known him for uh, over a year now. Um, enjoy sh sharing the, uh, the the platform with my good friend, Jack Reedy, who's INE's Director of Cybersecurity Content. Jack is a Marine Corps veteran uh, with more than a decade of global enterprise cybersecurity operations experience. Um, Jack, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. I appreciate it. Hey, Neil. It's good to see you. Excellent being here, man. Yeah. Um, real quick, just before um, we get started, there was a question that came through um, from Randall M. that said, is this live exclusively focused on security technologies or will other IT topics be reviewed today? We will be happy to talk to you about any IT topics. This is definitely not exclusive about security technologies. Um, really, you've got, um, you know, Jack and I together have been in this industry for quite a long time. Um, and if there is a question that we can't answer about any of the, you know, IT topics that you got in mind. We have experts that are here to make sure that you're an expert. And so you ask it, we'll make sure that we get an answer out to you on social media, which is also why it's important to follow us on social media. Now, that being said, uh, the first, the, the second question, I guess that was the first question. The second question we got was from BSEC, Jack, and I'm gonna throw it over to you. Did the INE teams get some rest during the holidays and are they ready to crush 2022? Did you get some rest? I mean, I got some rest. I also know that our team did as well with cybersecurity. Um, I'm pretty sure all the other directors and the teams and all the sections got their rest as well. I mean, we, you know, we, we got to take a little time off here and there and take a nice breather. Burnout is a real thing, right? It, but, is it? I mean, when you when you think about that, do you think that we have a problem in the IT industries, whether it's cybersecurity, cloud, you know, network, whatever the case is? Do you think that we do this to ourselves? We burn ourselves out? 
I think it's both what we do because we're, you know, uh, you get a lot of very dedicated people that love solving puzzles on, you know, stuff um, and that they want to find out what the answers are. And then I think that it's also just out of need, sheer need, the volume of work to be done is pretty amazing right now. So it, it is. And, and I think that that I think that that's what excites most people are in our industry across the entire landscape is we are constantly solving challenges. We are constantly looking for opportunities to make our jobs easier, uh, you know, solve the latest technology issues, um, you know, you know, in enhance our careers in some way, shape or form. Um, I want to talk real quick before we get into some of the other topics that we, we have today. Jack, are you familiar with a goal setting methodology known as SMART? Yep, I absolutely am. Uh, acronym. As I recall, it's simple, right. measurable. Yep, uh, simple, measurable. I can't remember ART off the top of my head, but yeah, that's okay. It's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And time-based. There it is. And I think that that's I think that that's important. And so when we talk about time-based goals, let's start really, really broad, right? What is your biggest personal goal for 2022? My biggest personal goal for 2022 is moving out of New York, to be honest. <laughs> it is. It is. I will be moving this year out of New York. It is getting to be too expensive to live here. And I am moving back to the South where I'm from originally. But with that also is going to be trying to get a better work-life balance. That seems to be the goal every year, right? But uh, definitely want to make sure that I'm focused on the home a bit more this year for the personal stuff, spending more time with the family and getting... Uh, you know, really enjoying our time together. I um I I appreciate that. I think um I, I think the 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 work life balance is something that I think everybody chases, right? I, I think it's a it's a hard definition as to what good work life balance looks like. Um, when you describe work life balance as a goal, right? What is the measurable part of a healthy work life balance in the goal setting methodology that you're going to kind of apply for 2022? So one of the ones that I'm, I'm trying to do is specifically have a day, a week that is fully, I step away from the computer, I'm out of my office, I am fully engaged in the family in this one day a week. And then, of course, also be there throughout the multiple times throughout the days, but we're also planning trips. So we're actually setting down like these are the measurable trips that we want to go on quantitatively. Uh, we want to do, I think it's 10 this year of somewhere in the local area or something like that. So. But yeah, it's, um, you know, you just put together a plan or at least a playlist, if you will, and try and hit everything on that playlist. How about professionally? What do you think one of your biggest professional goals is going to be for 22? So 22 professionally, I think I'm going to be doing a lot more on social media when it comes to YouTube. I'm looking at creating a lot more videos, a lot more personal content to talk about the things that I don't think get talked about a lot in uh, cybersecurity, which is dealing with the stress of when things are melting down is where a lot of because it, it, it's a skill it is a skill set to be able to be professionally yelled at about why they're losing you know thousands of dollars an hour because you've shut something down that is quarantined right i think i think that's i, I think both of those are very realistic goals now before you you didn't ask me mine which is fine I, i'll get to mine here in a second but i do want i want to pry open your head just a little bit and allow people to understand that thought process so can you when you sat down over the break, you know, thought about what 22 is going to look like for you, thought about those personal professional goals for 22 were going to look like, can you talk through 
the kind of critical thinking thought process that you went through that decided these were the two goals that were important to me for 22? So, yeah, and I apologize for not asking about yours as well. Just kind of oh no, it's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> legitimately though, I so I took I, one. I stepped away from the computer and I went outside and I sat down and I legitimately went and I thought over the last twelve months and I said, where was I at? Where am I at now? Where do I want to be again in the next twelve months? And then I thought, what is the actual? You know, how can I, as you said, quantitate? you know, how can I actually write this down in a meaningful way? What is a realistic goal? I can throw down that I want to do 50 YouTube videos next year, which would be one a week, approximately. But that only leaves me two weeks of I can be off two weeks. And I don't consider that to be realistic. So I'm what I'm aiming at quantitatively is 30. I want 30 well done videos by next year up on YouTube, which is approximately just a little bit over two per month, which I think is you know, something attainable. But when I'm looking at everything together, I think of what can I do versus what should the outcome be? Realistically, I mean, you know, you get a little bit of guesswork here, but at least it's a plan and it's written down and I can hold myself to it. Is it okay to fail your goals? It is. I, I, I think a lot of people, a lot of people will shy away from failure and think that it's the most awful thing in the world. But the thing is to just fall forward, make sure that you're able to pick yourself up and continue moving forward. Um, as long as you're learning from your failures, failure is not exactly a bad thing. No one's going to get everything right the first time. And sometimes you, you know, you have, you also have to take into consideration if you have obstacles that pop up. Uh, personally, this year, you know, we, me and my family, we had a couple things here and there that popped up and it, it took me away from some of my professional goals. I didn't hit everything I wanted to, but I at least failed forward. I got 80% of what I wanted to do done. And, you know, if you're increasing your capability or getting, you know, 1% better every day through your experiences, it eventually equates to just a massive gain. I, I think that that's an, I think that that, that self-reflection is incredibly important. And I see uh, the, the question that just came across the stream of asking from the INE team, what are your goals for 22? I'd love to see some goals dropped into chat from anybody who's listening on what their what a personal or what a professional goal looks like. So I highly encourage chat to drop in just one goal um, of one of the things that, that either personally or professionally that you're looking to achieve in 22. Um, I, speaking of failure, and, and, I, and I don't mind sharing this, I failed one of my personal goals for 22. Um, I, I think you, you, know, we, you and I have talked about this. Um, one of my biggest goals for 22 was to write a book and I made it into the process. I'd found a publisher. I had signed the contract and I was ready to write a book and I got to the first chapter and, uh, I decided that wasn't where my priorities lied. And, and so I think that, that to your point about failure, it is absolutely okay to have a goal that you think is, is, you know, realistic is measurable, you know, does have a time period attached to it, and then realize that maybe that goal wasn't what you wanted it to be. And so I, I absolutely um, I can can empathize with you on the uh, on, on the, the failure part. I think from a, a personal goal perspective, I think what I'm really going to focus on a whole lot for 22 um, is I want to I want to step up my education game. I want to step up my own self learning. Um, you know, I want to, I want to attain a lot of the, the new INE cert certificates that are coming out, especially in the cloud space. I want to spend a lot of time focusing on, um, on understanding cloud. I want to expand out my, um, uh, understanding of a couple programming languages, not 
that I needed. I'm not going to go out and write a game or anything like that, but I'd really love to to pick up Go and Rust from a programming language perspective. Um, and I, I know this one's not going to be overly popular with chat, but uh, um, you know, definitely think I'm going to go ahead and dive a little deeper into blockchain technologies and and crypto and try to understand those because I, um, I, I do think that I I think Web 3.0 is going somewhere, and so I, I think those are those are kind of my my three big ones when it comes to personal goals. Um, you know, for 22. Yeah, as far um, as self-study goes, I'm definitely looking at, and I know there's going to be a lot, large cringe factor on the other end of this channel, but metaverse, blockchain, yeah. um, you know, machine, I'm, I'm, I'm actually deep diving into machine learning technologies and data science this year as well. Um, something that I generally liked already, but I see a lot of use for it in the security space when it comes towards, especially instant response. I mean, if you centralize all of those data points into a you know a singular type of instance, if you will, uh, you'll be able to find a lot of outliers which can proactively you know automate threat hunts before you you don't even need an alert, you don't need a hard coded signature. You can just take a look at behaviors. That's something I'm really interested in. So. That's a that that that's one that you know touches my heartstrings because I, I I I believe very much in having cross collaboration between all the technology verticals that we have. I mean, we've seen this you know, over the years when it comes to how isolated security and IT and data analytics and data science and things like that are, um, is your, is, and what I'm hearing from a goal for you is, is part of your goal to increase your own or decrease your own biases into what those interactions exist between those other, uh, kind of discipline areas? Yeah. I, I mean, uh, that, and also just understand better myself. I mean, there's a lot of, there's so much data science in and of itself is a whole focus of, you know, skill sets and capacity that I've only begun to scratch the surface on as somebody that was utilizing the outset of it. Right. So I'm trying to really understand what is a back, you know, what is the back end of the process is the full scope of things look like for data science. Um, that way, whenever it comes to engineering, I'll be able to be a better engineer, better architect, better, whenever, uh, you know, I, I love this job, but I, one day I probably will be back in operations at some point and, you know, I want to definitely prepare for the future. I, I think that that, I mean, th that cross collaboration can't be understated by any stretch of the imagination. I think that's, that's one of the primary drivers for my goals for 22 are really about, you know, I've spent a lot of time in cyber. You spent a lot of time in cyber. I think collectively between the two of us, we probably spent close to, to 30 to 40 years in cyber together between the two of us. And so I, I think that there's, there is still stuff that we can learn in cyber, but the importance of branching out and understanding the other disciplines, um, I think is incredibly important. Let's talk, let's move away from data science and let's talk about maybe some of the other interdisciplinaries. Let's talk about cloud professionals. What is it that you think is important about that cross collaboration between cybersecurity and cloud um, that you think people should pay attention to when they're looking at maybe some of their professional goals for 22? So, like I said, whenever I started setting professional goals, take a look at where we came from, where we're at, and where we need to go. Uh, 2020, 2021 was a massive cloud shift that we just had, right? We moved so many people up into the cloud. We moved uh, to a work-from-home model, and a lot of that came with cloud-based centralizations of so many different agents, reporting, standards, things like that. I think this year, if they haven't already, they really need to be paying attention to cloud-based individuals should be looking at the engineering and the automation that's there to ensure that they know exactly what is part of their bill, if you will. 
their entire stack. Make sure your asset inventory is great. You understand. We just saw Log4j and how it how much of an issue it was because people weren't keeping track of what libraries were being used, for instance, right? So I think that with this massive lift and shift that we did in development, now we need to start bringing the GRC part into the cloud space and start making sure that we have the appropriate coverage and do all the you know, gap analysis for operations side. I I would I would absolutely agree with that. I I've said um I've joked about this before in the past, right? Is is in 2019 every CIO had a cloud first strategy, and and it looked really good on paper, and it looked really good when they spent you know hundreds of thousands of dollars for a big four company to come in there and put it down on a piece of paper, and then most of them took it, put it on a book, and put it in the shelf. And I don't think it was until we got to this COVID area where um people realized that they needed to start executing on their cloud first strategy. And I think that the rush to cloud in the last two years um, hasn't hasn't benefited itself on the side of IT and security professionals because they rushed to get to the cloud without understanding good architecture design, um, good implementation design, good DevOps, which which um, you know DevOps cycle are they going to use, which security controls, identity and access management. And so I continue to say I think that um, you know cloud concepts are going to continue to crush in 22 which is why which is why one of my goals has definitely been to um as a security professional to do more in the cloud um whether that's you know studying you know a lot of the cloud you know technologies that are out there whether that's standing up some of my home labs uh inside of cloud technologies and experimenting with them but um i definitely think that's going to be that's going to be huge now we do have a question that um that did come in from chat regarding that as well um this one is from viraj and he says here she says uh, uh how should network admins start with a cloud career what paths should network admins need to take if they want to jump into network career uh in cloud in the future do you want to do you got a take on that one i mean i would suggest take a look at engineering i mean it's very similar in the manner of if you're familiar with networking you're familiar with configurations especially odds are you're probably hands-on with cisco at some point then you understand linux with that you can or at least some version of linux you can probably easily transition over and start doing the configurations and the architecture designs and things like that from an engineering standpoint as opposed to devops being the actual development code you know codifying and application building things like that I think I think if you know my take on this Faraj, when when I see this question, I think if if you're a network admin and you're looking to start in cloud, like I really think that you should you know you should just be out there playing in the cloud technology. You should go look at a lot of the I and E content that is actually already out there in the starter pass when it comes to cloud. Um, I think that you have a lot of the knowledge. You have a very fantastic baseline knowledge if you're already doing network administrative stuff. Um, you know, at least from an interconnectivity perspective. And so I think you've got a great foundation. Um, I think it's just, you just gotta, gotta commit and do it. I think, Jack, when we think about goals and we think about questions like that, I think it gets to this idea that people are waiting for a sign on when to start executing on their goals. Can you talk a little bit about where your mentality is on how you overcome that mental roadblock that says, I have a goal of X, maybe it's writing a book in my case, maybe it's you know getting started in cloud, maybe it's getting started in pen testing. How do you overcome that mental block that says, I'm ready to start on my goals? I set a date. I, I'll be honest, I set a date. I know exactly when I'm going to start. For me, one of my very, very like near sight goals is I'm going to get back on the um, you know my diet and my routine, my workout plan. My goal is set for next week. I know exactly when I'm going to start it, how it's going to start. And then I'm anticipating failing at that. 
I'm going to start. I'm not going to do it every day. I'm not going to be great at it off the top, but I'm going to start and I'm going to try every single day that I can, you know, every single day that I can. So it's when you, when you have these mental roadblocks where I need this or I need that or I need this, it's about moving the 1%. So if you want to move the 1%, what can you do to literally step in the direction that you need to step for that day, for that brief time? I've got 20 minutes. One of the things that I bring up as a personal goal is I want to learn to play an instrument. I've always have, and I'm actually going to do it this year. Step one for me was I bought some classes. Step two was last night I had a spare 40 minutes. So I sat down and I did five classes in a row. It ended up being two hours because I really enjoyed it. And it, you just, I just took a step in the right direction in some space, but I made sure to set a date of when I was going to start. And I think that that's the key of that attainable portion of the SMART goals. And, and again, if, if anybody's not, not familiar with SMART or if you're coming in a little bit late to the, to the stream, right, it's specific, measurable, attainable, relevant, and time-based. And I think it is that time-based piece of that goal that helps you stay accountable. Um, I'm a huge fan. When we talk about people who are like, how do I start? How do I start? How do I start? Um, I like the time-based approach that you give yourself, Jack, where you say, I'm going to do it by this day, or I'm going to do it by this month or something like that. Um, I, I think that that, you know, what I would almost start with is realize that the A, the attainable part of that, if you're a network admin that wants to get into cybersecurity, if you're a network admin that wants to go to cloud, if you're in cloud, you want to go to DevOps, the attainable piece is just mentally realizing that you absolutely can achieve that goal. It is, it is realistic. And that's what the attainable piece is, is that it is realistic to achieve that goal. Um, I think we oftentimes stop ourselves mentally from, from realizing that whatever goal we're going for is actually very attainable. Mm -hmm. And I think using the word attainable there too, it's just making sure that you don't try to do too much too fast. For example, if I wanted to go and bench 400 pounds, I'm still young enough that I could probably get into good enough shape to do that, but I'm not going to do that in 12 months right? The attainable portion of that is for the timeline I'm looking at, can I get the work done to complete that and reach that mile marker, right? So let's, let's talk about, let's talk about some examples of attainable goals. I know you and I get this question a lot from, from, you know, folks on the cybersecurity side, but I think it, I think it's relevant, whether we're talking cloud, whether we're talking networking data science, you know, what is, a, what is a realistic attainable goal for somebody to go from one career in IT to another career, let's say you're going from a network admin to cybersecurity, what is a realistic goal, attainable goal to make that type of transition? And what goes into determining what is attainable? So I would take a look at what certifications or experiences or skill sets that you need. List it out for, if I want to attain this goal, list out what it is that you need the markers that you either need to hit that you can do as far as skill sets go, or this certification will get me there, or this experience through, you know, this uh, open source community that I'm going to get engaged with can help me learn however it is. And once, once you mark that down and you basically, you set that as this is my goal, this is what I want to do and everything else like that. Sorry, I, I completely lost my, my thought there. <laughs> you, got, you, were, you were so engrossed in thinking about I, your own goal achievement that you were like, oh gosh, did I did I think this through? That's that critical I, thinking. I lost you all, my way there. Audience, you just watched critical thinking unfold on stream. That's that's what I love about hanging out with you, Jack. I think what, yeah, I, what I would what I would try to what I would try to rescue with, right, on the attainable pieces, 
most people don't understand the steps that it go that you need to take to get to an attainable objective, right? We all know that you can make a transition from one career to the other. It's not unrealistic. It is absolutely attainable. But what some of us don't necessarily understand is what is step one to step X that I need to to get to that goal. Um, I think I'm excited for some of the things we have going on at INE when we talk about career paths and when we talk about some of the work that we're doing here at INE because I think that that's going to be um, kind of key in helping people visualize how they go from X to X to help with that attainable. But I, I think that that's the message that you were trying to get across, right? Is is visualizing those attainable steps to get to that goal. Yeah, I was trying to say backwards planning is actually the the yeah. actual term. I, I was I and I trying to find that word i lost myself along the way so what i was trying to say is uh what we use in the military called backwards planning so imagine where your goal is think of all the skills and itemize what it is that you need to do to accomplish that goal and then set yourself good markers and within the time frame and time slot through the period that you want to go we got there eventually we got there eventually <laughs> absolutely so so what's funny and this is why i love live streams this is why i love live chat jack Chat is blowing up, trying to figure out, trying to guess what instrument you're learning how to play. I've seen guitar, I've seen bagpipes, I've seen a kazoo. <laughs> Do you want to hold off and tell people later what instrument you're trying to learn how to play? Yeah, I, right I, will, I will hold off. I actually, it's right nearby, so I'll hold it up for everyone. <laughs> we'll, we'll look for that one on social media, on your, uh, on your social you media feed for that one. Um, awesome. Um, let's see here. Checking, uh, checking questions. Let's, um, looks like I got another question from Sean Spence that says, how can a cyber manager get familiar with all three cloud platforms looking for a new role? I hate to just look for Azure role. So getting back to, if you had to define some smart goals for Sean, um, that, that talks about getting familiar with all three cloud platforms, what would you suggest? Um, I would, well, one, I would suggest obviously our, our cloud knowledge that we have, um, it has been, I, I love the approach we took where it was, here's cloud technologies, let's get started there, as opposed to this is specifically the vendor that we are working with. And this is specifically the, uh, you, when you start getting into spe vendor specific certifications, vendor specific training, it can get difficult, especially if you're trying to start out, because they each do something very unique, when realistically, you need from a high overview architecture, or managerial type, type uh, instruction but you can start with our training i would also recommend taking a look at um some of these specific vendors and also really take a look and you don't necessarily need to have a certification in each and every single platform right you can read and just kind of self-study a bit and understand enough about google the google platform without actually having to get certified in it because some of the certifications can be a little bit much for what you're trying to do so i would just do a little bit of research try and hit some of the markers. And like I said, we, we have some great training on that as well. I, I will always, uh, I completely agree. We have some amazing training. We've got, we got a super awesome announcement that's going to happen in July. That'll be kind of my, uh, my teaser for what's happening. Uh, or not July. Sorry. I said July, January. I forgot. I was, I was trying to for, fast forward that we were already halfway through the year and we're still in January. <laughs> um, one of the things that I'll add to that, Sean, just um, before we move on to the next topic, right, is, is I'm a huge fan of getting hands on. Most platforms, and, and this is this is something you'll see from me. If anybody who asks me, like, how do I achieve my goals of doing X, whether it's cloud, whether it's um, cybersecurity, whether it's data science, program, whatever the case is, I am a huge fan of putting my hands on the technology. And especially in the cloud space, you'd be surprised Azure, AWS, and I think Google does this too, 
have certain free or low cost tiers that allow you to get your hands on the technology. And, and I think that there's no substitute in this space where when we talk about goals, everybody who's listening to this stream, regardless of your discipline, whether you're, you're IT, networking, cybersecurity, data science, development, whatever the case is, your goal should be getting more hands-on practice with the technologies or with the concepts that you're absolutely interested in, in, in becoming an expert on. That, that's why we're investing heavily on platforms like Pentester Academy, bringing that to a wide range of disciplines. That's why we're shifting a lot of our content focus to be very, very hands-on focused is because I think that, that that's a goal that I think is very demonstrable, demonstrable, whichever version of that word that you use, that shows that you actually have learned the thing that you set a goal for yourself to learn this year. So um, I'm definitely a huge fan of um, getting your hands on, Sean, and hopefully that um, answers that question. As we talk about the hands-on piece, Jack, um, one concept that, that I know you and I both, again, love to embrace, right, is the fun aspect, right, of what we as IT professionals do every day like like the reason we're in this is because we're passionate because we find it fun because it is something that it it gets to us like we we derive a, a dopamine rush out of doing what it is that we do right um it's serious business and it is important but it is also fun and as educators in the it space it really is up to us to continue motivating pushing and exciting students to keep them engaged and make sure that they are firing on all cylinders so i want to ask you what are your goals you know, specifically when it comes to the cybersecurity content um, and some of the goals that you're, you know, imparting upon the instructors to continue to make the content that you're developing fun and exciting and also making sure that it makes them an expert. So obviously we're focused on hands-on, um, but one of the things I really, first we also, we are focused on the audience. Let's just start there. We, we focus on the audience. We focus on who's going to be involved and engaged in these courses. Two, I encourage them to include extra. And what I mean by that is we're hiring experts for a reason. We're hiring people that have experience in this. What do they need to know so that way they can pass it on to others? And that includes everything else other than just, it's very easy to run an in-map scan. It's very easy to go, here are the ports, here are the here's what's open, here's what's available, right? But when we add in a little extra flair here and there and go into a bigger, broader engagement, which includes black boxes, what is there? Not just giving the answers out and really engaging people to ask them questions and do so in a meaningful way that lets them put their hands on and solve puzzles themselves, right? So that's a bit of a different way that we're looking at for building these labs and making sure that people are really um really wanting to continue to engage with the content and engage in what we're doing um from that perspective too i mean so let's take a look at social media and the instructors use there as well we're going to be continuing our social trends of you know announcing engaging and reaching out to everybody that says hi you know i think that that's i think that that's um that's key as as well and i want to talk a little bit about from my perspective you know overseeing all the content across the um um, you know, across the organization, that mentality is something that we carry across. Like we want every instructor to be focused on that part of not just the education side, but also the fun side. But to your point about the expert piece of it, that is exactly why we hire experts is so that they can give you what you can't learn, you know, you know, in, in some of these other you know pieces of content that are out there. Um, we do have a teaser. I can't, um, I, I can't, 
give any more details of it, but this fun concept is something that, you know, if you think about an INE skunk works, um, we've got something that is in development right now that, um, that I think is going to continue to add to um, the education factor of what it is that we've been doing in the past. Um, and, and so I, I, I'll leave it at that and give everybody a little teaser that, that we've got something that's probably more on the fun side. Um, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's, we're doing it because we, we know that people are going to learn some concepts, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely, we think everybody's going to find some fun stuff about. So I'll leave that one there. I don't want to tease too much because <laughs> as you can tell, I get super excited when I think about when, and I think that that's, I think the passion that you're seeing from Jack and I, for those who are listening, um, that's the type of passion that every single instructor is looking to put into the content to make it fun for you all um, is because we do truly do truly have a passion for this stuff. Um, speaking of passion, um, there was a question. It was a fantastic question from, from SAC that, that does tie into passion, Jack. Um, it says, is teaching others uh, as a learner a good idea for achieving goals? I think it is, and I um, I like I really enjoy that methodology. Um, now, grain of salt. Uh, make sure that it, you do so in a responsible manner with responsible disclosure. That I myself am also you know just learning this or learning it as well, which is something we always have to do as instructors, right? Um, but yeah, absolutely. I think it's that's one of the ways that I learned as as well. Is once I learned something, I would then create courses when I was in the military and teach others about it. So that way we were all on the same page or, you know, close to as, you know, really quick and rapid development cycle, if you will. I I think I can't emphasize that enough. I am a huge, huge advocate of taking things that you, you know, something about and producing content um, to, to educate others. And, and, you know, whether that is, you know, you just learned about, Nmap or Metasploit or SD-WAN or BGP or how to code in Python, you know, insert topic X. You just learned it today. You have to remember that there is somebody who is new in that learning cycle. Maybe they haven't discovered Python yet. Maybe they haven't discovered BGP yet. Maybe they haven't got to that topic in, in their journey yet that you know more than them, right, in that journey. And, and everybody's there. If you're hearing my voice right now, you know exactly what I'm talking about there will always be people who haven't learned what it is that you've learned right now. And I think the best way, and I, and I, the reason that, that teaching um, is so passionate to me is, is because you do get to see that, that aha moment that folks have when you're able to explain something to them that they didn't know, you know, existed before. And you explained it in a way that, that could only be explained by you. Um, I think that is a fantastic way for you to verify the knowledge that you, you attained and to learn more because you are always going to learn more when you figure out how to teach a concept to to another to another individual that's out there and so i think it's a fantastic strategy i encourage everybody to to take advice like this from sock and if you're um uh if you're if you're interested in producing content whether it's a a blog whether it's writing an article on linkedin whether it's doing a youtube video on a topic i highly encourage you to do that and i think that that is a way to keep yourself uh in check when it comes to, uh, to to doing your goals. I think that that's the accountability piece of, of doing your goals. Jack, I don't know if you got any closing remarks on that one or not. Well, no, I, I fully agree with it. I mean, that's something that I'm I'm actually going to be working on this, uh, this year is more of that style of being able to write to or, like I said, I'm building more YouTube videos this, this year. Um, the stuff that I'm going to be learning or I already know about, I want to be able to communicate it in a meaningful way. 
and doing so, you know, create a history of my what I have learned. Being able to look back on it this year is something I'm really looking forward to and excited about. Um, so yeah, I think I definitely think that teaching others or even reflecting on what you learn, because let's be honest. For I'll give you an example. Basic networking. What what are IP addressing? What is you know IPv4, IPv6? Generally, we consider that to be a fundamental level skill. Doesn't mean that you still can't take the time to reflect on it, understanding what it is. And it's like looking up in the sky for the first time as a kid, being able to reflect on that and write it into an article. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. oh my gosh, I didn't realize that everything was so addressable in this multi-billion endpoint cluster that is the internet of the world, right? So, so, so on that, um, I want to kind of, I want to kind of move from there into um, um, kind of some, some of the work that, that I think you and I both are very, very passionate as well. This gets back to, you know, you know, the helping others piece of it. Last year here at INE specifically, we spent a lot of time working on a lot of net new partnerships. I mean, just to, just to name a few, we partnered with um, Scratch, which is the world's largest coding community for kids. We worked with obviously the Diana Initiative. We've done a, a ton with the Diana Initiative, which is a diversity-driven conference that's committed to helping all underrepresented genders, sexualities, races, cultures in you know all walks of life and information security. We've worked with the United Nations, which I have to say was was probably one of the one of the the super cool things um, to to say that that we were partnering working with the United Nations, which we did an international nonprofit hack makers, um, and we, we've done local charities as well as, as here in North Carolina. Um, you know the Durham Rescue Mission. It, it just the bottom line is that just in short, INE is a company loves to give back. It is important to us. I think you and I have a perspective, which is why we do kind of the outside work, you know, mentorship and work that you and I do through our, through our live streams and through our community. Um, can you talk about, you know, what drives that passion for you for giving back? Oh yeah. Um, that's actually pretty, pretty simple for me. I, what drives it is I remember growing up. When I came, when I grew up, it was the recession was hitting hard right as I was coming out of high school. Um, I wasn't able to find a job anywhere. And my option at the time, because I was a healthy adult, was to go into the military. And then I got the training that was, you know, that that led me through it and up into the career I'm in now. However, my cousin who had asthma all of his life didn't have that option. He never had the option to join the military. That was never a function or a capability for him. And so I, I look at that and I look at our two different experiences and I say, well, if you, this, this shouldn't be a thing. It shouldn't be an issue. There's over half a million jobs available in the U.S. alone, three million worldwide. Why can't we get these things filled? And that's why I look at mentorship where I want people to have a smoother ramp into this career field than I did. I mean, it, I'm, I'm very proud of my military experience, but I don't think that that should be the gateway that everyone has to go through to start working in this field. I, I agree. And I, and I think that that IT has got a problem, you know, and I, and I use that that word kind of kind of loosely, kind of specifically with some some gatekeeping that happens. Right. You must be this high to ride this ride. And so for me, it's a personal hate, but maybe hate's a strong word. Maybe not in this case, but it, but it's a, it's a personal hate for that type of career gatekeeping. Everybody, and this is the this is the mentality that that drove me to INE when I first met Richard McLean years ago. Right, everybody needs to have a chance to achieve their dreams, 
And so I, I very much see these passion projects that we do, this outreach to the community, the, the things that you and I do, you know, you know, you know, in our in our social careers, right? As as ways to break down those barriers and make sure that everybody has an opportunity. When we teach content, it is about making sure that everybody gets that same opportunity to be mm -hmm. to live the dream that they want to live. And so I, I absolutely agree with you. It's it's gotta be. It, it is something that I think is core to INE's values. It's core to, I know, not just myself, not just yourself, but you know, the experts that we hire are also experts at bringing you know, the folks who are, who are in our programs along on that same journey that says, we believe that you can achieve your dreams. We absolutely believe you can achieve your dreams. So um, wholeheartedly agree. Um, later this year, um, we do have a special month coming up on INE Live. Um, March is Women's History Month, and we'll be focused on women in tech. Um, late last year, um, there was an interview that Catherine had done with Mary Galloway uh, with the Women's Society for Cyber Jiu-Jitsu, um, and she was a huge proponent of men being allies for women in tech. Um, leading into that, I'd also like to ask you, Jack, what is your plan to be an ally to women in tech this year? I mean, continuing supporting in any way, shape, or form I can with all opportunities that present themselves. Um, I, you know. Sometimes for as, as, a, as a man, I can say that sometimes it's just being a voice in the room that says, stop, listen to other men. Sometimes it's, you know, having basically sometimes it is trying to buck some of the older habits of that you'll find in the workplace, unfortunately, now and then. Um, and if you're talking projects and initiatives. I'm still looking for some as well that we can help and support. We have, um, I know, I believe we're still continuing on with the Diane initiative as well as, mm -hmm. um, I can't remember the other one. I apologize. Point being though, is whatever I can do, uh, whatever we can do as a group as well as where we're, we're heading this year. I, I think that that's a, that's a very valid point. A lot of good valid points that you said there. I think from my perspective, I just want to, I, I want to, I want to be able to listen more. Like, I, I know that that sounds that that's an interesting way to put it, but I think just, just listening to what the voices are saying that are, that, that are out there that are having problems, where are they coming up with roadblocks? Where are they not having the opportunities that they need to have? Listening is step number one. And that's what I want to do is I want to listen more to a lot of the problems that exist out there with women in tech. And I want to take that. I want to, I want to ask myself, I want to ask the organization, I want to ask the community, how do we help you know, you know, you know, solve those problems or how do we help give those voices more amplification so that we really can make a difference and really reach out there more for that one. So, um, awesome. Awesome. There, there was, it looks like there's one last, um, uh, viewer question, um, that came through Jack. I'll throw this one over to you. Um, you know, you know, I've got kind of a heated opinion on this one. The questions, um, from Alexandru, he said, is it, it's that hard to, or is it that hard to enter the field as a pen tester, or should you go for DevSecOps, SOC analyst, or something like that first? One, it is that hard to enter the field. Um, while we are working to create a ramp up of getting into this field, and you know, as I've said multiple times, I'm working to with the instructors to help break down the barriers to entry and remove the gateways. Um, that doesn't mean that this career is easy. Getting into the career is easy still. Uh, there is a, and with that, being a pen tester straight from nothing to pen tester can be one of the most difficult paths. Not impossible. Definitely not impossible. It is something to do. But realistically, you can get your foot, wherever you can get your foot in the door, that's going to be your most 
difficult part of your first role in cybersecurity, just getting your foot in the door. So to limit yourself towards only about 10% of the job fields that are available seems, uh, you know, a little, uh, seems like you're shooting yourself in the foot before you start a walk. Yeah, um, I often, oh, go ahead. No, no, sorry. Caught a breath in there. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was just, I was just going to say it. I understand that, you know, a lot of people are like, well, this is what I really enjoy. Just keep in mind that it's a mesh. Once you get your foot in the door, it's a mesh. You can transfer from one to the other to the other. You just have to get some experience somewhere that shows that you can do the work. Yeah, I, I think that I I definitely think that that I always go back to when I when I see this question. Right. I always go back to supply and demand. Right. Everybody wants to be a pen tester. There's a ton of supply for pen testing and there is not nearly the enough demand for pen testing jobs that are out there. And, and so you have to ask, you have to know that, you have to be very transparent with yourself going into this career field, knowing that that you are adding to the supply and the demand for pen testing is not necessarily going up. And so, um, you know, to Jack's point, it's hard, it's not impossible, but you have to understand that with supply and demand, that means that that it is a longer mountain to climb, a harder steep to climb than some of the other roles that you outlined there. And so, um, I, I've started to use this analogy for, for folks who are interested in getting into pen testing. You don't necessarily go after the domain controller, right? You don't start from the outside of the network and try to throw an exploit directly at the domain controller directly, right? It just doesn't work like that. You oftentimes have to hit some of the low hanging fruit, whether it's through phishing, whether it's through a network compromise, whether it's through log4j, whatever the case is, you usually have to hit another exploit and then you pivot from there and get over to the domain controller. If you're interested in pen testing, that analogy should resonate with you because just like that, you're going to have a very difficult time going straight for a pen testing job in some cases. Again, not impossible. It definitely happens. But be realistic and you may actually have to exploit another job, take that job and then pivot your way over into the job that you want to. And so when you're setting your goals for 22, you know, set your goals realistically right? But set your goals where you have a path to getting there and less about like, you know, this is the the only thing that's going to make me happy. And this is the only thing that, that, that I'm interested in. So, um, looks like that was, um, uh, actually the one, one just came through at the last minute from SAC again. Um, uh, specifically to you, Jack, what is the best path, best path for pen tester to get in the field? Name your path to get into pen testing. I mean, we have it pretty well listed. It's uh, EJPT, CPT, CPPT, CPTX. Sorry, so many, <laughs> so many uh, consonants there. Point being is the um, we have that as a great way to get started. But also, I would argue that the stronger value is to pr professionally network in the red team field because I, in, in my experience. Red teams want to know who you are before they trust you on the machine. They, they very, it's an extremely social group. Um, I would say probably the most social out of all of the other, you know, career paths that you can do in cybersecurity. The red team is m mostly about the social because you're, you're constantly with each other for many, many hours and you hang out afterwards and you talk about stuff and you present and you have to rely on each other. Um, so yeah, I would say that you really should be do the work, get the skills, learn the stuff. We've got plenty of training on the on the platform, but more so starting a 
um, either a mentorship or, you know, just even a conversation, starting to get to know people within, you know, that engagement and getting into those groups, that's going to be probably a bigger part of your career development. Awesome. Thank you, Jack, so much for, uh, for, for that last minute question. Jack, thank you very much for joining me today on today's INE Live. We're going to go ahead and wrap it up here uh, for today's stream. Thank you very much for watching me. If you missed the live, don't forget to look for the replay across all of our social channels as well as on the INE uh, website. We'll be live again right here, right here. You can find us right here on INE Live next Tuesday, January 13th. Uh, I teased a little bit of this. We have a super, super special surprise announcement. It's it's been cutting at me for months. I want I want to share this with you, and I'm so excited about sharing with you our surprise announcement next week. Something we are so really excited about here at INE. We know you're going to be excited for it as well, and we want to share it with you next Tuesday. So make sure you do tune in here. Uh, we'll give you a little hint. Um, we are more dialed into the cloud than ever before. Next week, we're going to show you why. Be sure to like, subscribe on all the social platforms that you're using. Make sure you stay in loop. Make sure you do stay here on the stream. Notifications, make sure they're turned on so you know when we're going live. And as always, bring your questions. We'll see you next time. Till then, have a great week.